Welcome to Linealite podcast section. Visit our website linealite.com. Light and Talk with Martina Alagna. Biophilic design, the art of growing plants in the absence of natural light. Hello everyone and welcome. We open today's episode by welcoming a London-based lighting designer, Martina Alagna from Nalti Lighting Studio. Hi everyone. Thanks, Lina Light, for the introduction and for inviting me to contribute to this inspiring platform about lighting and design. Can you tell me what biophilic design is and what principles it is based on? Yeah, absolutely. Biophilic design is an extension of a term popularized in the 80s by American biologist Edward Wilson, biophilia, from Greek, love of life or living things. Wilson's biophilia hypothesis were outlined by a tendency in humans to seek connections with the nature, which inspired many theorists to research the supposed phenomenon in its various guises. One of them was Stephen Kellett, who explored applications within the design world and through his research, he found that nature's tranquility had the power to enrich the urban environment and create a multi-sensorial experience of human-built spaces. So, Befitted Design is an applied solution to appease this desire for nature by integrating natural elements into the built environment. The positive impact translates with a reduction on the level of stress, which leads to an improvement in general well-being from both a physical and mental health perspective. Currently, 54% of the world's population live in a urban environment, and generally, humans spend 93% of our time indoors, separated from natural elements. So, Befili Design intent is to work to reverse this trend and improve the overall well-being of our communities. But how Befilia can be strategically implemented into our everyday lives? Um, we can here divide the experience in three major categories. The direct experience of nature, which refers to plants, light, water, basically any aspect that provides direct contact with natural elements. The indirect experience of nature, here is where creative design and sustainable elements come into play, such as natural materials or patterns that exist in nature. The experience of space in place, which can be achieved through such design strategies as vistas to the outside, visual connections between interior spaces, and occurrence of secure and sheltered settings. So, inevitably, when we talk about well-being, daylight exposure, and the use of LED technology to help biologically maintain indoor plants, the lighting design profession play a key role to support Buffili design. In regard to indoor vegetation, do you have to respect any particular parameter or maybe respect the light and dark cycles? To maintain healthy plants and tree growth within an indoor environment, it's necessary to replicate the external lighting conditions to which a particular type of plant is adapted. So yes, this also includes the light-dark cycles called photoperiod. This means that while we need to implement artificial lighting to support indoor plants with daylight deficiency, we also have to consider the period of darkness that the plants requires to complete their cycles, which is usually six to eight hours long. This number obviously variant in respect of the plant typology, which can be classified under three groups, short day plants, long day plants, and day natural plants. All the parameters that we definitely need to consider are 
the overall exposure to the daylight, changes in lighting conditions throughout the day, seasonal changes in lighting conditions throughout the year, and the quality of light in the range of wavelength of the particular spectrum of light source. Is there a correlation between wavelength and plant health? Do LEDs need to have special characteristics? Yes, absolutely. Different wavelengths of light have different impacts on the plant's growth. For example, ultraviolet and blue light are required for green vegetative growth, while red wavelengths aid in flowering and freezing phases. Should part of the spectrum in either natural light or artificial lighting be missed, this could impact plant health, stunt growth, or prevent flowering plants from establishing. By comparing the spectral range of natural light and LED sources, we observe that 4000K is it ideal for ornamental plants. These provide a full spectrum of light, a peak of intensity in the blue part of the spectrum, and the reds are generally poorly rendered. In summary, a cool white light is more suitable for no flooring plants, while a warmer white light with a greater peak in the red is recommended for flooring plants. The great opportunity of LED technology in terms of wavelength is their chemical composition. We have the potential to achieve the spectrum range as close as possible as the sunlight spectrum. This could allow the adaptation of the wavelength spectrum of LED lights to different types of plants, maintaining a good quality of white light, which provides biologically effective illumination for plants, while it's being more visual appealing to the human eye. It is also essential that any dedicated plant lighting also provide good color rendering with a minimum of 80 array. Is light perceived equally by plants and humans? Well, the answer is in the photosynthesis process. Although both plants and humans capture light information via photoreceptors, which absorb radiation of a certain wavelength through light-sensitive pigments, only plants respond to a range of optical radiation, which they use for photosynthesis and photomorphogenesis, which controls their shape and overall development. Indeed, photosynthetically active radiation designates the spectral range of solar radiation from 400 to 700 nanometers that photosynthetic organisms are able to use in the photosynthesis process. Also, the quantity of light perceived by plants and humans is different. Luminous flux and illuminance are based only on human perception of lighting and doesn't accurately describe the amount of light that can be used for photosynthesis process by the plants. There is a formula essential to establish levels suitable for humans and plants. We know that it is extremely complex to translate the two different processes, since the value will vary in the relation to the spectrum of the light source and is measured through photosynthetic photon's flux density. However, if the exact spectrum of light is known, the photosynthetic photon flux density value can be modified by applying different weightening factors to different wavelengths. After calculating the conversation factor of a 4000K LED source, for example, we can arrive at a series of equivalent values of the photosynthetic photon's flux density in lux levels. Which are the necessary steps in designing a biophilic space? The most essential and the most sustainable way to support biophilic design is the daylight exposure for all the living elements, including humans. So the first step is design a space with great daylight conditions to begin with, following then with an in-depth study of illuminance levels in the space, which is fundamental to find the areas where the application of artificial lighting is required to biologically maintain indoor plants. 
Then, analyze the optimum natural lighting conditions that each type of plant should be exposed to through a preliminary daily lighting table study, which helps us to find the number of photosynthetically active photons that are delivered to a specific area over a 24 hours period. I think this is an extremely interesting topic, so I'm very happy that you have taught us more about it. So thank you very much for participating, Martina. It was a real pleasure to have you as a guest. The pleasure is all mine and I hope to have inspired the audience to find out more about Bifili design and the endless possibility that a well-thought lighting design can offer. Thanks again Linealite for creating this interesting platform and contribute to the lighting design profession. Thank you for joining us. Discover more on our website linealite.com.